Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of St. Matthias Anglican Church. Today's sermon was delivered by Deacon Wyatt Boutwell. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Another sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. In today's gospel, our Lord introduces us to a cast of characters who have been common to those who heard him. And some of the nuance of the story may be lost, as we are not desert dwellers, well, at least in this part of Texas, and may not fully understand the challenges of sheep and shepherds in Israel. For instance, many of us have never seen the aftermath of a wolf attack. And today it's my holy privilege to lead us in consideration of our Lord's words and find the truths within that lead us unto everlasting life. So now let us consider the characters in today's story, the good, the bad, and the needy. Today's gospel, our Lord refers to himself as the good shepherd. Good in this passage can also be translated as beautiful or complete. It would be appropriate to think of our Lord as not only the good, but the perfect shepherd. There were good shepherds in the history of Israel, but they were not perfect. Moses was called from shepherding the sheep in the wilderness of Midian to leading the flock of Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness. Now God spoke to Moses face to face, and Moses was meek and had understanding, and he most certainly cared for the people. But he was also angry and disobedient at times. He was a good shepherd, but not a perfect one. And ultimately, his disobedience to God kept him from entering the promised land with God's people. Now, David was called from his father's flock to shepherd Israel. And scripture tells us he was a man after God's own heart. He fought valiantly for the honor of God and his people, yet he failed miserably on more than a couple of occasions. Both Moses and David were the extraordinary men, and they were faithful, but they were imperfect. They, like you and me, were sinners and fail God and others on numerous occasions. Now, in contrast to those who came before him, our Lord truly is the good shepherd. He is perfect in his intentions and perfect in his actions, even to the shedding of his own blood for his sheep. Let us consider how Jesus, the good in our story, is actually perfect. First, he has complete knowledge of his sheep. This extends their needs as a species and their particular habits as individuals. The good shepherd knows all of his sheep. Now, sheep are hard to tell apart. 
Even shepherds have trouble telling them apart unless they spend a lot of time, a lot of time with that particular flock. I heard one priest who, early in his ministry, was a bivocational priest and shepherd in Maine, that even with a small flock of 200, it was nearly impossible to tell the sheep apart. Now, the good shepherd is, is unique and that he knows all the sheep well. And there's no degrees of knowledge for the shepherd. He knows all his sheep exhaustively. And not only does the good shepherd know his sheep, he cares for them deeply. He has a plan to save them from danger and bring them home. He's not satisfied until all of his sheep are safely in the fold. In verse 16, Jesus says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. Now, in this passage, Jesus is speaking to the Jews, but he is promising there to bring the Gentiles, the other sheep, into his kingdom, so that there may be one flock and one shepherd. Third, the good shepherd is ready to provide for his sheep to the uttermost, even to the point of dying for them. Now, remember that Jesus' death on the cross was purposeful. It was very deliberate. It was Christ's intention from the very beginning to bring the sheep home and to redeem them from sin and save them from death. From the earliest accounts of his earthly life, we read that Jesus was about his father's business. And we read sometimes with frustration and perplexity that he would tell his disciples over and over again that he must go up to Jerusalem and die and be resurrected. We're sometimes perplexed that they did not understand what he meant. But throughout the entire narrative of Holy Scripture, it becomes very clear that Jesus was in control of the circumstance. He had complete power in the time in which he was going to give himself up, offer himself up for the sins of the world and for the love of the sheep. So I've mentioned the good and the good shepherd. It's appropriate now, in contrast to the goodness of the good shepherd, to talk about the bad actors in today's gospel. Those would be the hireling and the wolf. Now, the hireling stands in contrast to the goodness of the good shepherd. And the failures of the hireling help us to understand, by contrast, how faithful the good shepherd is. The enemy, ultimately, is the wolf. Now, Jesus says the hireling, when he sees the wolf coming, abandons the sheep and runs away, because he is no shepherd, and the sheep are not his. He runs away because he's a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, we can understand these hirelings as unfaithful ministers. The Jewish leaders of Jesus' time who had failed Israel and anyone in a position of religious authority who fails to take care of the sheep. And we can see the contrast of the hireling to the good shepherd who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because the good shepherd exhibits a sense of ownership and places the welfare of the sheep before his own. Under pressure and fear, the hireling is revealed to be self-interested and caring only for his own well-being. The result is of his own self-preservation is that the wolf is allowed to come to the sheep and destroy them. And our Lord describes the consequences. Some of the sheep will be devoured directly and the rest will be scattered from the flock. So who and what is the wolf? The wolf is the devil. The devil who has hated mankind from the very beginning. 
who hates that we are that we are created in God's image and that we can be redeemed from our sins. He exists to destroy mankind, to pervert all that is good and bring us into captivity and eternal destruction. He is the enemy of the sheep and is actively seeking those whom he can devour. And he feeds on the destruction of the sheep. And those he does not kill outright are driven apart to be picked off one by one. This is a very dangerous situation when you consider the nature of the sheep. So let me ask this question. We've discussed who the good shepherd. We've identified him. We talked about the hireling. We talked about the wolf. Who are the sheep? And why are they in such danger? Now, brothers and sisters, the sheep in the story are us. We, his people. We are the frail and needy sheep that the good shepherd came to save. And our prayer book reminds us day by day of our own feebleness. When we say words like this, We have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. To be called the flock of God is a declaration or abject need of God's good purposes toward us in Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. Now, sheep, I imagine you've heard plenty of stories about the nature of sheep, but sheep do all the wrong things. They get lost. When they are found, they are stubborn, will sometimes choose to run away again. They are prone to eat the wrong things or too much of the good things. They're known to eat too much grass and die from bloating. Or they will eat poisonous plants if they get too hungry. They need constant care and attention. What a great analogy for the people of God. That the good shepherd yet in our weakness and frailty loves us as sheep. Is moved by compassion by our weakness. We read in Matthew chapter 9 that our Lord saw the multitudes and was moved to compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. The good shepherd calls to his feeble sheep and they come to him. The sheep recognize the goodness in his voice and the sheep must come to their shepherd because he will provide for them and protect them because he loves them. The sheep find their safety in following the shepherd and obeying him. Their Lord says directly, Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. And the sheep must be doers of the word and not hearers only, as St. James would say. Or they run the risk of wandering off into famine, thirst, or deadly danger. So in conclusion, uh, let us remember our neediness and frailty as sheep. Let that understanding cause us to contemplate our good shepherd and what he's done for us. He saved us from the jaws of the wolf, the devil. He's fed us through his holy communion for nourishment. He offers us protection in himself here among his flock. Now, we're not worthy to hear his voice or come to his feast, but he calls us all the same. Hear Christ's invitation to each of us to enter into his rest and his comfort In a few moments, you hear Father Jason say during the course of liturgy, he will say to you those words which the Good Shepherd will call unto you. He'll say, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. Believe Christ's words. He is the Good Shepherd, 
He's gathering his sheep. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to the end that all believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the good news of the good shepherd who offers us his peace and life in himself. Come and partake of that life through faith and be nourished at his table. We pray that God's Spirit has spoken to you and blessed you today through this sermon. If you would like to learn more about St. Matthias Anglican Church, you can visit us on the web at www.stmkaty.org.